1: gentlemen and welcome to getting it out podcast that was baratro a new noise and sludge rock trio based out of milan italy featuring unsane bassist david coran the track you just heard was fight the parking meter that's from their upcoming debut lp the sweet smell of unrest it'll be out february 2nd via independent italian label improved sequence records It's not a big surprise to hear that a member of Unsane is playing in this band. And although I'm not sure I'm saying the name right, I know that I'm enjoying everything that I'm hearing. They've got a previous EP called Terms and Conditions that I'd also suggest checking out. Of course, that is if you're a fan of what you just heard on Fight the Parking Meter. Again, that track comes on their debut LP, The Sweet Smell of Unrest due out February 2nd on Improved Sequence Records, check it out. Follow the link in the show notes for more details on Baratro. On this episode of the podcast, I've got an interview with a returning guest. It's Jamie Eubanks of Knoll. They just released a brand new album, As Spoken, and we spoke just before that release and had a nice little conversation that I want to share with you today. But first, Getting It Out's best friends are going to bless you with some intro music. Thank you, Hot Sun. Check This is officially episode 365 of Getting It Out podcast. I try not to keep track. That's true. Despite the fact that I know a number, it's not the right number. It's the wrong number. It didn't include the top 23 of 2023 three-part episode. It doesn't include the Getting It Out radio episodes. It doesn't include punks and dunks. So there are probably around 375 episodes of Getting It Out podcast that have existed in the world at one point or another. Most of those include guests, include interviews, but even fewer yet include interviews with reoccurring guests. Some, an even smaller amount, are like three time and more guests. Uh, that's very, very few, very, very rare there. That's End It. That's, ended. that's uh, Ricky Armolino. That's um, MC from Old Tigers and Skid Row Garage. There's a couple who have been on a few times. This episode is not one of them. This episode does feature recurring guests, but only back for the second time. If you're not familiar with Noel, that's OK. Though if you do consider yourself a fan of grind music, I'd suggest going back right now, hitting pause on this podcast and go start with our debut LP Interstice. Then their split with Autolith Then their second LP Metempiric. Then you can turn the podcast back on and listen to Jamie and I discuss their third album, As Spoken. It's available now everywhere. And one of the most impressive things about this band is that they do it all on their own, relatively. You know what I mean. They have help, and that's okay. This thing runs off the pure passion for doing a band like Noel, the artistic output. And the first time I spoke to Jamie, man, this kid was like, he was like right out of high school. And now, several years later, he's only 22 So to see and hear what he's been able to do with the band is quite impressive. And to be honest, I just like listening to him talk. So rather than me ramble on for an exaggerated period and try to come up with something to talk about, I think we should just get to that part where Jamie talks. But first, of course, we got to listen to a song from the new record. And what better way to do it than with the title track, the first track on As Spoken. This is As Spoken and then my conversation with Jamie. Jamie well it's been almost three years two years whatever it's been a couple of years since, three I think yeah since I talked to you last time
0: was it mid-pandemic I guess yeah you know I, I think last time we talked was right after our first record Interstice came out and that was um, I think that was like January or March or something in 2021 um, yeah and hmm. it's January 2024 now so I, yeah just about three years that's pretty good that's pretty good timing then um, I didn't realize it been three years I was thinking maybe two but it's very
1: cool to be talking to you again, like we just talked about. And uh, fittingly, you've got another record ready to drop. But before we get into all of that, you got to tell me what's been happening. Tell, like, I know this would be a really generic thing to say,
0: but what's been going on for the last three years? Dude, no, it's such a valid question. I I have like, it's, it's crazy to rack my brain uh, to think of that. I mean, it, so it's been three years since I was on this show. Uh, and the, that first time we had our first record come out, there's been a second record since then called Metempyric. And then now we're putting out our third. Um, and I remember like a big focus of like the first time that we talked, like I was, and I mean, still very much am, I don't really think you can ever escape it, like <laughs> doing the things that we have, but I, like a child, you know, within the music industry, um, and whatever niche this is that we inhabit it. Yeah, but like, then it was. Pretty much everything I was doing in my life. And subsequently that conversation was focused around like navigating DIY. Um and, you know, we we still do all of the records independently and whatnot, albeit like much smarter. Um, there's there's been a lot of growth, you know. I like in in putting out that record and then like, I God, I think I mean that record was like a COVID baby. Um I I think we ended up touring on it for the first time, like maybe six months after it came out, um, which is such weird timing. You know, normally like a, a record comes out and you're immediately on the road. Um, but that one was, it was, it was a really weird experience putting it out and then it's just out. And like, you've got to, do your best to promote it online. You can't go play shows. You can't really talk to anybody about it. And so like, that was kind of my life was, I was actually still in school at the time. I've since dropped out. Um, cause I, I just do no full time now. Um, I, uh, I, I stared at a spreadsheet and just my laptop, like all fucking day, which I still, I still do. <laughs> um, yeah. but it's, it's for, very different purposes and then yeah i mean we started touring and that completely changed my life i mean putting out records is is one thing but um actually like realizing that in a live scenario and figuring out the practicalities of like shipping yourself in a metal box around the country um was i mean it it turned me into a man you know like <laughs> sleeping in there every fucking day which we still do um we lost our first van that it, it like shit itself uh in the desert in I think late 2022, um, that was crazy. We had like an oil leak and then it it seized and uh, we had to like U-Haul home and sleep on top of our gear, which some bands are very used to. We are not. Um, That's like a rite of passage for a touring band. Dude. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, like we... I don't know we we tour pretty comfortably and it's not to say that we're like we're spending a bunch of money and getting hotels or anything it's just that we prioritize taking care of ourselves you know like I, we we don't eat fast food every day um we work out on the road and shower every day and um you know drive overnight so we can hang out um and whatnot during the day but yeah i mean and then we, we've done a lot of touring since then weirdly like a lot of it has been us headlining um Noel, i feel like <laughs> and i don't really know if this is um coming to a head or we're coming out of it but like it's such a interesting genre niche i feel like um it people like when you know we we grown up in like the grindcore circle um and i would say say that we are like a grindcore band we have grindcore bones you know but like anybody looking at um the aesthetics of the material are actually just like listening to the records it's very much like based in like there's there's a lot of black metal in it too a lot of death metal a lot of like weird avant-garde stuff um but not enough so that like straight up death metal bands straight up grindcore bands straight up black metal bands like hit us up for support slots or anything which is cool i'm not like jaded about it because like headlining is really it's fun um i say headlining in like quotation marks because it's really like at our level you know you just bounce around and you play with like locals every day or something. We don't typically get to bring people out um, more so recently. And that's been sick. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that shit's been cool. We, we've done our first like real package stuff very recently. We went out on um, a nice sweaty grindcore tour with uh, Antichrist Demon Corps and NoMas. Um, and then we toured with Negative Approach, like that legendary uh, hardcore punk band. Of course. Yeah. Uh, we did that for like 10 days. That shit was insane. I love those guys. Um, and then we just did our first tour in Europe um with a band called nightmare which is like that market um is really something that i've been wanting to tap into for a long time i mean i listen to like a shit ton of this and kind of like i guess a little bit of like buttoned up metal um sure. i love that vibe of a show um it's very evil um you know it shows where there's there's kind of fog like at every date of the tour i i dig that um just did that and then um yeah, we're we're going out on the road right after As Spoken releases with uh, Fanny Faxis an amazing like uh, black metal disco death band and uh, Nightmare Again. And then uh, today, actually, we just announced like six dates in the UK with Bell Witch, which that's, that's
1: which totally... is awesome.
0: Dude, I am so excited about that. I got plenty that. of questions
1: about that when when, <laughs> when, when for later. But uh, yeah, that's that's a really I was really excited for you guys to see that announcement today because I, I love Bellwitch. And uh, the um, the contrast between your two sounds. Anyway, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. But uh, it's just it's it's very cool to hear you talk about this. And like I, I'm not surprised by any of it because by the way you spoke about Noel when we talked three years ago and the whole work ethic you have behind it, it's kind of what i expected to happen if as long as you stayed with it and you have and it's it's amazing to hear that this is what you do uh it's what people who have been in music for you know a lifetime are trying to achieve and they're pushing their way through a 9 to 5 and whatever capacity to be able to like do this shit on the weekend and you figured it yeah. out at w- what are you 21 maybe
0: 22 22 yeah
1: 22 yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty awesome
0: yeah dude i mean I, I feel i feel really good about it i mean it's really just like kind of my only option i also just the band is my canvas you know i I immerse myself as deeply into it as like i can um that's kind of been another thing another thing um regarding growth like these past few years is noel has become so much more to me than like dudes in a band um i've partly out of necessity and also like out of interest of course um have grown into doing like the majority of the artwork and design for the band and uh the filmography, the photography, like all of the creative direction, really. Um, and, you know, that used to just be like lyrics and writing music for me. But um, now Noel is occupying so many different mediums. Not only is there like a ton of workload um, for how far I want to push the band creatively and aesthetically, but um, yeah, I just, I just have a ton of fun with it. Um, so, I mean, it's it's what I spend like the majority of my time doing. Of course, like I, you know, I bounce around. I, I do like it freelance art and whatnot. Um, and then, you know, everybody like works odd, odd jobs here. And then if they like need cash or some shit like that, but, right. um, yeah, I mean, Noel is what I spend like 90% of my time doing, just try and do as much of it on the road. You know, um, I liked, or I, I like to tour as much as possible, really like four to six months or something is, has been pretty cool for us. Um, or out of the year, I mean, but, um, yeah, dude, I it's, it's that I, I kind of i Am kicking myself for not mentioning that when I was going through all of the touring and whatnot is like, holy shit! It's there's so much more to the band now. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well,
1: tell me about the tell me about the uh, the touring. You clearly book it all yourself. I'd Im-
0: I'd imagine maybe actually. We, well, I'm I'm really involved in it. Um, but thankfully, we have a, a booking agent now, whose his name is also Dan. the um, The first tour that we did. I booked myself and like when you're getting into the booking pipeline and you don't have any contacts or anything, and you're like having to actually do research into like the markets of cities around the country or whatever, that shit is brutal. Um, you know, I had like some help, um, from Ethan from primitive man. He was really kind to, um, you know, teach me about like how to book and also give me some contacts, but like the majority of it, I had to look into it myself and, I feel like if I were to book us a tour now, you know, I, I, we've, I've played, you know, probably two to three shows in like most major markets in the U S like it wouldn't, it wouldn't be that difficult to do, but I, uh, that, the time aspect of it and also just representing yourself is, is very difficult. Thankfully, like something that I've, I've tried to focus on, um, with the band is kind of like dispersing, um, workload, uh, you know, between the members and whatnot. Cause like everybody is going to be specialized at, um, you know, their, their own role within the band. And for a while, like I not at the fault of any of my bandmates or anything, I just assumed the responsibilities of like the majority of stuff, because I wanted to burrow myself as deeply into it as possible. And I ended up being pulled in all sorts of directions and stretched very thin. So I have, um, like mail order. I don't do anymore. Like our guitarist Ryan handles that, um, which we still, we run our own store. Um, I will never give that up. We've had plenty of offers from like um you know merchandise companies or whatever but like i am in love with like keeping a very close eye and involvement with you know everything that the band does be that booking which of course we have an agent but i again i'm i'm very involved in that or like you know selling whatever it is promoting your own record like doing your own press and things like that i just find that i have so much more fun with the band um and frankly like does better when i'm able to put a personal touch on everything um but again like more of my focus time-wise with the band has I've been trying to gear it more towards just like creative things, you know, that, um, maybe like I have invested a shit ton of time into uh, accruing the skills for, um, rather than like, yeah, like, I don't know, shipping stuff all day, which, um, is crazy to, to have like one guy do. Um, I do not miss it. Um, so shout out to my, my dudes for taking care of that. Cause Oh my God. Um, those dolly well, shirts. That's, I mean,
1: the the fact. Yeah, well, I was going to ask about these dolly <laughs> shirts. We'll get to that too. But the uh the um uh, the turnover in the band. What's the what's the makeup of the band looking like these days, as opposed to three years ago? How many of the how many of the guys are still there? How many guys are new?
0: Oh, um. So, gosh, I guess three years ago we had there were two other people. There was uh, Evan and Drew, um, and Drew joined to like play with us on tours um while Evan was like waiting to graduate college um because he had like uh, you know the rest of us like fucked off and went to school for like audio which Mm -hmm. (laughs) I ended up learning way more about that by recording and touring you know than I ever would have in school um could talk about that for fucking ever but um yeah so I dropped out to go on tour once that you know picked up enough um but he so he stayed in doing his computer science degree, which again, very respectable um, and then by the time it got close to him graduating, um, he realized that it he wasn't really about it in like a lifer sort of way, you know, which I <laughs> it was hard because he was the first guy that I ever wrote music with, you know and he's still a very good friend of mine. I adore the dude um but I there's I- I- accepting the responsibility of like, doing the whole touring thing and all of the um, possibly brutal aspects of being in a band that accompany like the often, often wondrous process of writing, like it's, it's not for everybody, you know, and it doesn't mean that they're weak willed or anything like that. It's just that like some people want to write music and they, you know, it's it's like, you know, turning your hobby into a job or something for me, thankfully, like I'm, I'm so insane about it. There's really nothing that can like ruin it for me. Um, I don't feel like I'm suffering when I'm on tour or anything like that. (laughs) Even things that are like brutal. It's, it's always like a new challenge to figure out, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's pretty hard to weather me, but, um, yeah, so he ended up, uh, leaving the band. Um, and then we got this new guy named Cam, um, who is a total fucking wizard and he has really shaped the, he, he was super important for the band socially first and foremost. Um, he's older than all of us and like, is just um very well inundated with like all sorts of underground band camp disso death and whatnot. Like my music taste has completely shifted um ever since he joined the band. He's very art focused, um very technically skilled. Um yeah, I we we needed him. He was like a perfect answer. Um we he actually didn't record as spoken the what's about to come out he joined. Right after, like, I I remember um, hitting him up on the way home from the studio, asking if he could join our band. And I sent him like this gigantic uh, tour schedule. And I was like, can you do this? (laughs) Like, can you quit your job? Um, And he was like, yeah, (laughs) he he did not give a fuck. Um, He is so about it. Um, Yeah, he's like one of my best friends now. I'm really lucky to play in a band with that guy. Uh, Finding people that are that dedicated in general but also in tennessee is super difficult so we really lucked out with him um yeah and noel's just it's two guitarists the bassist the drummer and me but it's been that way since you started right some people thought that we had three guitarists at one point because of what was going on with um evan and drew and then we've also got another guy named ryan who plays guitar and trumpet and he's always been in the band but yeah, so we've we've always done two guitars live. It's always two guitars on the record. Like, of course, occasionally we'll have like a center track coming down. Um, or That's all right. Yeah. So I,
1: I vaguely remember something about a little confusion on a lot of guitarists.
0: But I it uh, was I, I it was fucked. Like ev- all of the press outlets thought that we were a six piece, and it would often be like a talking point. Granted, we did have six people in our photos because we didn't know what to do about that. Oh, you got um, yeah, you you contributed to the confusion so, here. <laughs> yeah, I, I sure did. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really easy now. Everybody that's in the van goes on tour and writes on the records and stuff, um, which is a, it's a nice spot to be in. <laughs> what well, you you touched on uh, how you've done this all
1: independently and that to me is one of the amazing things about this about null about what you've done with it thank you um, i think last time we talked i don't think i think it was a private conversation afterwards you had told me you were talking to some people about that who we were just helping you you didn't say that you were going to do anything with them but you, they were just helping mm-hmm. you with some stuff and they were people that i know to be involved with other labels um but so i'm so i'm surprised that that never happened uh, you touched on it briefly, but why Why is a record label unnecessary, I should say, for Noel?
0: Well, I'm, I'm surprised it didn't happen too. Because um, I mean, we talked to them a lot and like, you know, we got our fair share of offers. I think at a certain point, uh, maybe just because of how outward it's been, like on our, on our social media presence uh, and whatnot, that we are independent. Like we, people kind of stopped hitting us up and now more so I'm just like, friends with people that do AR and whatnot. And they right. never bothered me about Noel They're never like, would you want to do something? Um, but to answer your question, um, I, for a while was, was really torn kind of like waiting for the right offer, but also my head was in such a space that I, I, I knew that I would reject anything because every, you know, With everything that I do in Knoll, it's my horrid brainchild. I cannot relinquish any of the effort. Are you calling yourself a control freak? Absolutely. (laughs) I'm like completely unashamed about it. Um, And I'm very genuine about this. I have OCD and like I I do all of the creative direction for the band. And if something does not fit, you know, like and, and it can be something as small as like, people, people using like the wrong font for like our shit or something. It's like when I imbue, you know, I've made our own fonts and things like that. When I imbue so much detail into like every resource that we use, I I just know that I am the only person really who's going to be so meticulous as to utilize that everywhere. And I would never want to bog someone down with the weight that I impose upon myself to carry out that action. Um, I don't expect that. That's why I I like have a hard time working with other artists too now. And it's not that I'm like socially difficult or anything. I just don't really do it. Um, there are very few people and usually like my close friends who I will, um, you know, hit up for like a t-shirt or something like that. But the majority of it is, is in-house now. Um, again, I just, I cannot make someone suffer through my, my brain and my filter. Um, but yes, I mean, like if I'm thinking, financially, you know, like all of the the deals that we've seen and I'm very comfortable talking about this cuz they're they're pretty like widely stated industry norms. The best deal I've ever seen was 50-50 and I talked it to 60-40 our way. Um and like after just running the numbers, Knoll is such a long game band, you know, I I cannot give up these masters to uh, honestly make less than than what okay. we would selling those records. Um Ourselves. And like, of course, there are certain benefits that you would get from being on a label that we still do not have, you know, like tour rosters and whatnot. Labels want to, want to hit their bands together and stuff. Um, also, like, it can not look good to not be represented sometimes by a label, but I just don't care. I like, I, (laughs) one, it's not about money. Um, it's about art and the thing that is going to best serve. Um, this this canvas and allow it to live and breathe for as long as it can. Um, is is the way to go, and that just really hasn't been a label for us. Um, plus, like, yeah, I, I don't, I, I we couldn't really give up our own store. Like, I like to handle all of the vinyl and whatnot, and uh, yeah, we I feel like we just kind of haven't needed it, which is a very fortunate place to be in. Um, the, it the is. Last but why not create yeah. your
1: own? to have all those benefits that eventually come with that.
0: That's a question that I've gotten asked before. Um, I don't know if I have like the best answer for it, but my thought process was like, well, you know, in the off chance that Noel could ever be something that kids like myself, you know, four years ago would look to and think, Hey, I can do that. I want them to see that we just straight up do not have a label. Um, And I, I, I don't care if it's like three kids i hope that inspires somebody someday and that's kind of yeah. the thing that cl- keeps me clinging on to that because really it would be i mean i Noel is its own record label um i just don't i don't want to put a, a logo on the records that isn't like i don't want to put a barcode on it um and i want to i want to sell it on like noel's website and whatnot not i like don't get me wrong I'm, I'm a huge fan of labels i get into a ton of bands through their rosters Um, and I have a lot of friends that work for them and I think they're very beneficial for a lot of bands, but yeah, um, kind it is just a a little bit to make a statement.
1: (laughs) I, I fully back it. I'm not trying to convince you to go one way or the other. I, 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 I'm just interested because, you know, for a lot of bands, the goal is to get on a label, you know, that's the, that's like goal number one, get on a label or maybe make a demo tour get on a label right True. but uh to to just like to say well, we don't want that and to be as young as you guys are that's the other thing you know like to make to come to these conclusions so early is what's so unique about your position and you have an insight of somebody much older you're wise beyond your years would be a phrase people and like i know this from talking to you two times now and just from seeing your presence and hearing you other places where does that come from? Is that the way you were raised? What how does how did you become how did you become this way? I guess.
0: Man, I appreciate that. You know, I, I really don't owe it to myself. A lot of it is just I think I'm kind of an efficient conduit, like for people that have done the same thing before me. Um, and you know, my my favorite thing to do in life really is just to, you know, you you intake information, you pick apart the pieces that you do and don't agree with. And then you, you formulate it into your own thing, your own plan, your own art. and um, I mean that's kind of like what taking influences and not only do I take influence from bands, like on an art, artistic perspective, of course, but, um, I really like to look at, you know, their ethos and how they operate and where things have gone wrong for them, where things have gone right for them. And how can I apply that to the way that my band works? Um, and I've had a lot of wonderful people, you know, Basically, tell me what to do. Um, I don't know what it is about me that has like rendered that as a possibility, but some people have genuinely, like, I, I, I cannot state my appreciation for it enough, like, really taken me under their wing and, and tell mm-hmm. me everything that I would need to know about running certain facets of a band. Um, but, uh, I, I guess, like, yeah, actually, you mentioned how I was raised. I, I think about that, like, more and more recently. Like, I, I really, I honestly owe a lot to my, my mom. Um, she's, <laughs> very eloquent. Um, she's a reader, um, and definitely the, the kind to like think before she speaks. Um, and I, I think I will always, you know, take after that. Um, I also, I just value literature a lot. Um, I do a lot of reading and that probably like shapes my vocabulary and my, my pacing and things, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't pretend to be like some, some high noble intellect. Um, but like, yeah. Um, I just, I, I admire that about her and I I try to take after
1: her for sure. That's very cool. And very nice of you to say that. What does she think of Noel
0: and your decision to do it this way? She is a blessing, dude. Um, she's incredibly supportive. You know, uh, I will like come right out of the gate and say like, you know, Noel and most bands, like they don't really receive like parental funding or anything like that. So when I say supportive, it's like I drop out of college and she's, you know, she's like, that's awesome. Like, I'm so excited for you. I'm excited to see how you figure out how to pay for your stuff. (laughs) Um, And like, that's, that's sick. You know, that's, that's how it goes for like the majority of people I know that have uh, done this, but really like the thing that matters most is um, that comforting push, you know, the, the encouragement to do what you love Um, Mm -hmm. even if it doesn't see as much financial return as like getting a degree and working nine to five or something like that. Um, and I'm very fortunate to have had, um, a mom that believes in me. So, um, yeah, that's super cool.
1: That's very cool. And very, very nice of you to say that about her and very nice of her to support you in that way. It Um, is. She's an angel. So yeah, that's, that's what it seems like. That's a rare thing for people into extreme music. Does that make sense? Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe that's unfair.
2: No,
0: that totally makes sense. I mean, like, you know, you look at Noel's art and it's like, I, I'm a political person, you know, like I have my, uh, i i am a little radicalized. I've got my views, but like Noel is, you yeah, I mean, know, you're a trooper. You know? <laughs> that's uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, just, just <laughs> full blown right wing. Um, yeah. but, but Noel, like my, my artistic output is it's quite apolitical. Um, and like, of course there's like a lot of, um, larger philosophical themes. And I take a lot of influence from, um, religious like literature and, and whatnot, but it's also like, it's not like an atheism band. However, um, it is definitely like a death worship, evil embracing band. Uh, sure. and my mom wears the shirts to like work, <laughs> you know, if that, if that says anything about her, like she doesn't give a fuck, um, about that. Um, which yeah, very, very fortunate place to be, especially living where I live, coming from the South, um, and being from the generation that I am a lot of, um, you know, forties, fifties, sixties, folks like really look downward upon this sort of thing. I can't blame them. You know, that's, that's, a uh, it's their upbringing. It's hard to, hard to uproot yeah yeah it's true <laughs> well since you
1: mentioned the t-shirts and the south well that seems like a good segue into these dolly parton t-shirts yeah indeed what, what where did this come from how like give me a scale of how many of these fucking shirts are you selling now, i don't want a number <laughs> you know, you know, dude, know what I, mean? I don't want a number uh, no just, I'm I'm just, t- i've
0: told <laughs> plenty of people the number um i think it's like like over 2,500 of just that shirt. And and I say that and I'm I'm very comfortable saying the number because we have never come close to that with any other singular design. Um, it is very funny what that shirt did. Of course, those are sales like over, I don't know, like a, maybe it's been like a year Couple and a years, half or right. something since yeah. we put out those. Yeah. Um, and we've, we've brought them on tour several times. We've done like, I mean, God, I think it's on like it's 20th press or something. Um, and, you know, of course, like when you market a social media icon and you inject that into your stuff or actually calling her a social media icon is almost like demeaning because she's 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 an icon Um, Right, right she's everywhere um yeah you get to you get to piggyback off of that you know people are buying it because they're fans of dolly parton and because of Noel. a lot of people got into Noel from that shirt um for a while we were synonymous with the dolly parton band um (laughs) i i love that it was it was very funny but um yeah. Credit owed to our basis for the idea. Um, I, I think I whipped up the art in like five minutes or something. I, it was literally like a picture of a mirror that I had. And then Dolly Parton holding a shotgun that I just blew out the contrast on and threw it together as a joke. And then we put it on Twitter and then it, um, went like semi-viral within the metal circle. And then we were like, okay, fuck, we have to print it. Let's make 50. And then we put out a pre-order and we got 700 in a day, which (laughs) we literally sat in our living room, just staring at our phones for like 12 hours, being like, what the fuck is going on? Um, I had never experienced anything like that. Um, And and it's like, this has happened to other bands too. Um, That, okay, Full of Hell, that full of health shirt that they did yeah. where they're drinking all the fucking green juices and shit. Apparently that's their best seller like ever, which I am mind blown about that. Mind I'm not blown. surprised,
1: but that, that also led to the, the collabor- collaboration with health as well. You know, yes. that shirt spawned yes, a
0: lot. Indeed, <laughs> it was a great idea. Um, yeah, I mean, both both very incredible bands. So I was, I was happy to see that for sure. But yeah, it's, it's always the funny shirts, dude. There's that band. I think they have a shirt that says put fucking weed in your butt on the back of it or something. And that's, I think that's their bestseller. Um, I've actually, I've seriously like reflected on that. um As a person, you know, who like I, I make the merchandise for Noel. Um, yeah. You don't want to repeat yourself, but there's definitely something to be learned from, uh, people, people really enjoy that kind of stuff. Recently, I, uh, I experimented with like doing another, you know, pop culture reference again, um, mm-hmm. making like a Phantom of the Opera rip shirt. Uh, and that did pretty cool. It's like, I don't know. I, I really enjoy doing that. It's a, it's a whole nother creative process on its own trying to work in other it's, like references into your stuff, but
1: that is cool and it's it's funny to find out what people will buy and it is usually stuff that is humorous uh when i think of back on what 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 what, what i'll call like viral t-shirts and um hardcore extreme music whatever um the what was the what was the Cradle of filth one. Jesus is a con. Maybe yeah. I have thought that about that a lot one. recently too. Yeah. Um, there was one from a hardcore band in Pennsylvania, and we're not even allowed to say anymore what is said on the shirt. I'm going to say it here. But it's, <laughs> it's, like, but it's it was humorous back then. It's not. Wouldn't be humorous now but it was a band CDC and their shirts were like fluorescent. And it said, God says you're a fag. And that was Holy a, a massive seller. <laughs> that was wow. this is a band who toured from Pennsylvania. They toured nobody. I'm all right. This is, this is a goal for you. Nobody has toured where CDC has toured. It's pretty amazing. Look them up sometime. If you're unfamiliar, CDC, this band, I mean, it's just like beat down hardcore and, despite the shirt they're good guys um it was just a different time like i said but uh, yeah no for sure they, it, tou- they, they toured it. everywhere on this earth mm-hmm. like the th- like everywhere everywhere it's amazing i think their goal was to get to antarctica and they didn't do it of course but it's,
0: it's pretty metallica amazing. beat them damn it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah but anyway the, the the viral t-shirt thing can can go a long way even the i remember when the um municipal waste did the trump blowing his brain's out. That
0: sure that's hard through. as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's and, and you know like re- respect where it's due. Like I I get frustrated sometimes when like you know I I mean I feel like everybody might when band merch fucking sucks or like does not serve to augment um the band's artistic vision. Um mm-hmm. I certainly like to do that with with Null, you know? Mm-hmm. Um I I mean I think like if somebody is going to wear my project it needs to to accurately represent it. And it, I mean, it, it's gotta be something to believe in, you know? Um, and yeah, yeah. Be that like a funny shirt or something, or like a, like a very serious, I don't, I don't fucking know, like an album RT or something. It's gotta be something legit. Um, I don't know yeah. how some bands like tour and like operate um, at all with just like very lackluster or non-existent merch. I mean, that market is crazy right now. Same to bands that are still selling shirts for like 15 bucks or something. like, I I don't understand how inflation is somehow supposed to not also target bands because it is like $30 short sleeve right now is, is becoming increasingly common. It's, it's an insane market.
1: Yeah. It's not, it's, I mean, uh, not to sound like the old guy, but I am almost 40. Uh, Yes. A a $30 t-shirt is like, we could have never thought about that. You know, that was like, stadium prices and now i understand now that's not, and and now um if i want to spend 30 dollars on t-shirt i just will you know <laughs> like, like i have the means yeah. I, I like um you know but but uh but it's but it's interesting to see from this side of i don't know i'm fucking creeping up on middle age man you know <laughs> so like so like just to look back on how it was how it is it's interesting and uh i can i notice my own things like 7 inches I don't want to buy seven inches anymore because I cannot pay $10 for a seven inch. Like it's, dude, I
0: can't do it. I, that is the most biting example um, yeah. of like, and, and, and again, I like, I don't want to make, you know, making music sound like it's a, it's a corporate event, but like the profit margin on a seven inch right now, especially looking at it from like a, you know, a, a label label operating standpoint is horrendous. I think when we did our first seven inch, which was actually, it's the only one that we've ever done, it costs just as much to manufacture per record as our first record InterSys did. Um, mm-hmm. Both of them. That the Autolith split? Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. it was, it was yeah. just as expensive. And yet, um, you know, you're, you're gonna have a really tough sell trying to get the same price for it as a 12 inch. It's less music, it's smaller. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you have to spend like almost just as much money making it (laughs) uh they're they're not an extremely profitable venture and that's why you see bands now like the one side of 12 inch yeah yeah i mean they get turned into like um you know yeah 12 inches or like um i've some bands i know of like literally will i i I know one story in particular where a band was told to go back to the studio by the label to record more music so (laughs) that they could sell it on a 12 inch format and they did and um it, like, I don't think it ended up being filler, but they definitely kind of were there. And let's just like, let's just fill space, dude. And they're good yeah. at it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, I mean. It- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass
1: I wanna go back a little bit. You talked about the art and your vision, how you want it to be. But one thing's been consistent on Innerstist. Uh I'll, oh, by the way, I gotta thank you for having this next album is as spoken. is much easier for me to say than interstist or metaphorically. Yes. You know, which I have both <laughs> I have both here on the shelf behind well, thank me. Thank you. Yeah. Um but uh there's one thing that's common between other than the band, of course, between those two and as spoken is that artistically you have Ethan McCarthy on board again. Do you not? I do. Yeah. Um this so wait, hold on. Was, so let me so let yeah. me ask my question then. I just cause I wanted to confirm because I, I thought so. Um how has he worked his way into the artistic vision of Noel? And oh, is he man. going to stay there? Because you really started uh <laughs> you really started something here.
0: Yeah. Well, um, you know, I I owe a ton to Ethan, and it's something that we've actually had several conversations about. Like honestly, um, When, so I, I learned how to do art like at all, kind of out of necessity, um, because he, and he doesn't take on many projects now. I don't think, um, you know, his, his touring schedule is getting more and more intense between, um, you know, primitive man is finally seeing like a lot of the success that it has deserved for fucking ever. Um, and I think Vermin Womb has picked up a little bit and he's got like a lot of, um, other smaller projects. Yeah. Yeah. Again, just touring a lot, um, And so like, there were, there were a couple, like, so I had to do, I did the layouts, um, for interstice and, um, you know, that was the first time I ever downloaded Photoshop and, and learned how to work with that. Um, but then it became, um, I would, you know, want to do t-shirt designs or something like when, when Noel was strapped for cash, um, back in the day, I would, you know, learn, learn how to do collaging and whatnot. And, and Ethan has always been such a kind mentor, you know, like, not only could I ask him questions, but he would send me these files like on flattened. You know, I could I could sort of study his process. Um, and yeah, I mean, I I almost learned how to do stuff from working with him. Um, and it made it working that closely with an artist that I admired. Um was it was it was such a good learning moment for me. Um, and, you know, since then, I've grown so much in like my artistic vocabulary. Um, he did not have much to work with, in my opinion. When when we were when we started working with him, um, I couldn't. I, I had the lyrics and I had the conceptuals, but in terms of um, translating that into words depicting like a, a, a physical form or uh, you know a visual image, um, it was it was difficult for me. So he he had to do a lot of that himself, and I've I've developed so much since then, um, for a variety of reasons. I mean, I I feel like it's really just like intaking art. I've become, I hate to sound like a film bro or something, but, um, you know, just watching a lot more, um, old films and whatnot, which is totally like, it's a realm that Noel inhabits now, um, and studying processes of, of other artists who create things, which I'm, I'm infatuated with analog mediums, um, and somewhat with like Actually, not even somewhat fully with uh, antiquated mediums of, of really creating anything, be that film or or art um, or like, you know, paintings and and whatnot. But. Um, yeah, in and, and this record, it's it was kind of the most collaborative that it's been. Uh, I did the layout for As Spoken, but also there was it took eight months Um to do the art here. Like we, we bounced around a ton. Um, The back cover of the record actually used to be the front cover, but then we shifted it around and um, went through a ton of images. This was the first time I like, I put together a whole Pinterest board for the record, which was something that I was like (laughs) not creatively um, capable of um, for, for the first record. But um, now when I write lyrics, it is so much more of an active process of, realizing something in my head um like putting myself into a world um and and usually those things are very dense metaphors for a belief that i'm trying to get across um within the song i i just when i write lyrics i need them to come from a place that exists in my head something that has um, you know, three dimensional qualities to it. It it helps so much to be able to spur that creative process. And um, yeah, so so putting together like actual visual collections to to tell him, hey, these are the things that I like, the, the elements that I enjoy that I want in the art was was a huge step up for us. And I think the art ended up um, being way more accurate to the record um, as such. And the other part of your question was if it was going to continue. I actually, I think I am going to do the artwork for the next record. Um, and it's, it goes along with what I was saying earlier is it's getting more and more difficult for me to outsource really anything. Um, I feel like i spoken, I'm, I'm so glad that we did it with him. He did an amazing job, but it was, yeah, probably like my last time, um, relinquishing that duty in in such a major way um i i don't think i would have been capable you know uh, a year and a half ago probably when we when we started that process of of making that art um but now i'm very ready to to try my hand at it that's cool that's cool man
1: Uh, it's, it's the evolution continues in in several different ways um one of which of course is the sound of the band of course um as spoken i noticed listening to it, that, uh, there is some more of that black metal in there that you mentioned before. Tell me what you think is the biggest difference
0: about as spoken compared to the last two records. Mm, Well, I think, yeah, you, you could chalk it up to like a black metal influence, but I think distilling that further, it's, um, an air of reserve within the music. Um, Noel has always been a band with frenetic qualities um but i think as spoken in the areas that it takes a little bit of a backseat and it lets the music breathe it makes um the very chaotic portions of the record so much more impactful um it was it was definitely like an intentional thing i some of the older material i would find myself having lyrics over the entire song um like there's there's really like no spots to breathe fortunately i've got a hell of a set of longs and, uh, a strong will. So I, I would push through that. Um, but yeah, I, I, as spoken, it's, it's. I mean, it's a product of me listening to like a lot more doom, a lot more black metal, um, things that focus on the, the brooding qualities, the, um, yeah, again, just the, the times where you, you let the music speak for itself a bit. Um, yeah, I, I think it came out much better that way. Or I, I mean, not to knock on like the previous records or anything. They're, they're just different. Um, that's all. They're definitely more, more rooted in grindcore and going 110% the entire time. But, um, yeah, I, I think the record is as spoken is longer. Um, the imagery for it is so much more involved than, uh, the records in the past. I needed it to be. A bit more of a dynamic canvas um, yeah that's the that's it, yeah. the
1: word I was going to use as well dynamic It's there's a lot more depth to this record it feels on the few listens that I've had with one headphone in while I'm sitting in my cubicle <laughs> yeah you know what I mean so like so this is, truthfully I haven't been able to fully absorb the thing but you know from what I've from what I've heard that's what I hear is there's more depth in uh dynamics to this thing and i think yeah it's cool and it seems like a totally natural evolution of the band and the sound
0: it's it's interesting too i almost feel like the record is a little bit more accessible than ones in the past um I'd, i'd agree there's there's quite a bit of like there's we'll always be a band that uses odd time for sure um but i feel like there's there's more two and four snare on this one you know um and very meditative drum beats um of course, there, there's a lot of complex sections, but there's a lot more to that take a more minimalist approach. Um, I think it's also and I, I see this as like a very I, I'm not a mellow death, dude. I'm not a melodic metal guy in general, um, yeah. but there is more melody on this record. Of course, it's very it's dissonant and it's veiled. Sometimes you have to look for it. Sometimes it's backwards or out of time with the other guitar that's playing the same thing. Um Melodic uh, it just doesn't sound like it. Right. There's there's more to latch onto um, with this record, in my opinion. Uh, I think the songwriting approach. I it's it's difficult for me to say that like we we put in like an active effort of getting better or something. Like mm. I feel like every time we we sit down to accomplish this task, things have naturally grown so much by themselves. We don't, almost don't even have to talk about it. It's just the things that we write the things that immediately um come to fruition are different and better than the last thing i um i always kind of have a feeling of unease getting out of the studio wondering how we're going to be able to top the thing that i just created but um it, it ends up being such a natural thing by the time we actually sit down to do the next record which to me always feels like such a subtractive effort like i i don't really feel like Noel is um I mean I, I of of course we're a band. We have many conventional uh, elements to us, but I, it doesn't feel so much as we are writing or or creating something from nothingness. Um it it feels more like we're sculptors, you know, chiseling away at marble. There's something to be uncovered in every session that you spend um working towards a record rather than something to be completely manifested from scratch. In in our band, that concept doesn't really exist and it's it's up to us as, um, you know, as artists and, and mediums to be more keen detailers to this thing that is, it's, it's beneath us and, and between us at all times, um, you, you have to find it rather than create it. Um, and that's sort of, it's the, the headspace that we need to get into create something, um, of that sort of magnitude. And I, I, I think that that approach and that respect, um, that we pay more so than ever to the craft, um, is why this record is probably like our most mature sounding one. Um, and definitely the darkest. Um, and I'm, yeah, I, I couldn't be more thrilled about that. Tell me about the term funeral grind. Ah, well, okay. So it's a playoff of, uh, you know, funeral doom. Sure. um, <laughs> Uh, I, I, I'm not sure actually how well that resonates with everybody that reads it, but that's definitely where I'm coming from. It's like a little bit funny to that's me. That's exactly what I thought it was. And, and awesome. honestly, okay. I,
1: it, it, once I, I saw the, I saw you using the term before I listened to as spoken. And then when you do one and that listen to, or, you
0: know, hear the term and marry it up with the
1: sound that you hear on this record, it makes sense to me.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, I. I love them. Um, I'm very excited that we're touring with Bellowich for one. But uh, you know, and there's there's songs like um Portrait on the Record that uh, that are out now. Um, where you I mean you can hear like the the um intro and outro to that song are very large and foreboding and there's not much happening at all. It's um it's a song that we used an alternate tuning for that's like the first three strings are just G. And uh I I wrote that piece you're stretching the shit out of your fingers and just bending the same note barely into discordance with the other. And it's by, you know, fractions of, of sense. Um, and that, that sound, that wall is so ominous and crushing. Um, it's my favorite portion of the record. Um, and to me, it's, it's extremely macabre. I mean, it, it speaks to a lot of the things that I was, uh, writing about for the record, which, I I get into this, this funeral grind thing. It's, it's a, an aesthetic culmination for sure. Um, You know, looking at funeral doom, there's these obsessions with like Gothic elements and whatnot, which I, oh my God, there's a very large rabbit hole I could get into with this where, you know, Gothic elements were, especially within furniture. I'm I'm way too into antiques. Um, They were, brought in and, and Gothic furniture in general was to, to symbolize bringing God into your home, bringing elements of the church into your private life. Um, and I always wondered like why I gravitated towards black metal and things that are like, they're not, they're not quite medieval. They're, they're very Gothic. They're like more so 1800s than they are 1300s. You know, they're pulling from pre-industrialization periods of very high art and, finesse and it happens that like you know 1860s to 1880s or whatever England it's the height of death worship ever um the the mourning period um was it it was so vast and dark like I I cannot help but be drawn to um a lot of the design elements that were so prevalent within it Um, it's not to say that Noel is like a time period band or anything like that. I think that shit is corny. We don't do concept records. We very much exist in, you know, the current year. Um, but when it, when it comes to embracing things that are dark, um, for whatever reason, that may be so much of the, um, artistic leniencies are owed to times antiquated, um, And so, yeah, I find myself drawn to um, heightened, you know, heightened periods of mourning and extravagance around funerals and whatnot. Which "knoll," the name—it's actually this—I cannot believe how long that this eluded me. Um, When we first made the band, um, "knoll" came from an extremely old, archaic definition. I'm not even sure if it was in English at that point, but it was to um, it referred to infinite dissection within philosophy. So it's kind of like a cyclical interior questioning. And in that instance, null is a verb. It's, you know, to null is, um, it's this self-regurgitating process of unease towards your grandest philosophical ideals and, and, and rootings. Um, but an alternate definition in, um, archaic, but still more modern English is, uh, to ring a bell, um, in mourning at a funeral. There's, um, the other, word for it is nell k-n-e-l-l but that's actually an even more modern i think nell is still used today um k-n-o-l-l is just the archaic spelling of mm, nell like, um, which like some before people Before it was death now right is that oh yeah, yeah i, th- I think yeah. it is now um death knell, i think is is the noun for the sound of the bell ringing uh after a funeral but to null is the archaic verb form um that's gotcha. right, and i yeah i We got shat on for our band name for so long. For some reason, everybody thought it was like a, uh, I think a world of Warcraft reference or like a JFK (laughs) reference. Like, dude, I thought it was something
1: to do with wood.
0: That's (laughs) that's, Oh, that's really funny. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. There, there are um, a lot of conceptuals within the lyrics of like um, objects of history and like artifacts and whatnot, somewhat being able to, Mm -hmm. to carry a language. um, And carry their, their own ways of truth, uh, and information, um, which a, a lot of that, you know, is, is owed to things long survived through the medium of wood. Um, so there's, there's a lot of shit in, in there, a lot of photography around like old aged wood things. All of our records are like posed up with my antique collection and stuff. I'm a huge nerd about that. Um, and I think furniture history is like weirdly relevant to what I do with a knoll. Um, but I, I digress. Um, yeah, so so Noel, the name itself has has rootings in funeral culture, and once I really latched onto that um, as the identity, um, things became so much more aesthetically clear, um, and it it almost wrote wrote itself. Um, and I'm really fortunate for that because I, I Noel has always had a very strong conceptual direction. But uh, regarding visuals and whatnot, it was it was very hard for me to pin down the things that I liked and why. Um, but once I delved through that rabbit hole, it became it became much much easier. Um, and I think there's just so much um, breadth to the band now, um, especially this this record that um, we're doing now. Again, as, as spoken, um, there's videos for every song. Um, I'm I'm still working on them, and we're intentionally kind of delaying the release of them a little bit to augment the the cycle of the record. Um, I like the songs almost to have two lives you know there's because that's that's how i i wrote it um the lyrics are they're they're standalone items um i wrote them of course with like visuals in mind but coming back to the record much later and directing the videos for them was a complete reimagining of the lyrics and figuring out how to actually represent them with things that are possible for me to shoot um you know budget wise and and location wise they they ended up being yeah just t- two alternate interpretations of the music and and as such um the videos they take on a life after the music is created um and i want the listeners to experience that as well a chance to have the record in their hands um for a majority of the time and and, and soak that in and uh exist as it may and then later interpret it in in film format um yeah uh, so there's again, with, with so much visual content being around the record, um, I just, I, I feel like there's, yeah, there, I mean, there is a lot more, uh, going on with it. <laughs> I think I already, I have already probably beat it in enough, but
1: there is no, it's great. I, I, I love listening to you talk about this and hearing all of all of the thoughts and constant, we said there's no concepts, but you know what I mean? concepts uh, that you have behind it all, because it's so much more in depth than I think people generally think about when they're talking about something like grindcore, you know. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of a conversation I had with Luca from Necrot years ago. Now, I guess it was um, where we just talked about the depth of like their version of death metal and how it's not all just blood and guts, and yours is not all just you know screaming, whatever. You know, you know what I mean. Like the general uh, perception the outsider's perception of extreme music like this and how there's so much more to it. And when you dive into it, like you, there's like an outsider would listen to you say that and then listen to the music. Be like what the fuck is he talking?
0: About? <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. And, <laughs> but that has been a goal with Noel is to put that on the forefront as much as possible. You know, I mean, there's, Sometimes I feel like I, I maybe I'm biting off uh, more than I can chew, but like there's we have a lot of plans in the record and I, I will just like straight up spill them like um, we're thinking of, you know, making like a full length film and then after the fact setting music to it Um, so rather than music being the primary medium in which we deliver it would be film Um, and then we you know we do our own fully work and we create like an ambient soundtrack for this Uh, of course it'd probably be like a piece with no dialogue and really like no conventional plot or characters Um, so it's it's definitely within the realms of abstraction much as some of the music is Um, but yeah I mean I think to put out something like that and and what we're doing now, I want it to to be like a, a talking point that's out there. I think that where I I have come from with this, um, and especially as an artist that has had to do so much visual work for the band, is that music um by itself as a medium is it's the most powerful thing. And of course, I'm in a band. I make music, that is what I do. But to ignore um the other dimensions of this this canvas that we have. Uh, in my opinion, just for us, is is a disservice. Um I want to deliver um these conceptuals and and the very real ideals behind the music in the most intense way possible. And it's more than an oral assault. It is an assault of all things in the mind. Um and I, I want that to be all encompassing um and inescapable. So hence hence film, hence all of the photography, all of the all of the whatnot being up to par um with the intensity of the music. It all has to be this meticulous. Um, or I will go crazy. <laughs> well
1: I, I mean, I think a lot of people might hear stuff like that. A lot of people into underground music, extreme music might hear stuff like that and be like, that's not the way it's supposed to be, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. Stuff we've heard before. But t- to me, the the grandiosity, I don't even know if that's a word, the the idea like that to do something so big is so um valid because we've seen it done so basic like the people act like the idea of specifically was we'll just say grindcore is to be like the most basic bare bones uh napalm death scum you know that's just like mm-hmm. <laughs> the clothes are even small wear shorts short, short cut off jean shorts cut off your sleeves like as little as possible of everything just basic 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 and that shit's cool right we all acknowledge that dude i love but, it yeah but you can go like to just go the whole opposite side and say i'm gonna make a fucking movie <laughs> you know a film right and, yeah and like to me that's cool because that's where the open space is we've already done everybody's already beaten to death that original style that you know basic been there done that shit so i think some people might hear you talk about that and be like well that's that sounds pretentious that sounds ridiculous and i think it sounds fucking awesome and i hope i appreciate you get to that part that point that you just do those things because that's kind of the more punk rock way about it anyway i used to always make this joke about being into punk rock and hardcore and that all my friends were covered in tattoos they had tattoos all over their face they have tattoos all over their heads and this is true, right? And I have zero tattoos. So I used to just tell them I'm way more fucking punk rock and hardcore than you because I have zero tattoos, you know, know, just to go the opposite way. It's just, uh, that's a statement. Right. And, uh, I think, I think it's a valid statement.
0: I appreciate that. And, and, you know, it's not really an active decision, um, to, to thwart or undermine like, um, punk and DIY circles. Of course, like, you know, we, we've had uh, a lot of conversations about, about DIY, being DIY and like something that I, I think some hardcore band said this, but Mac, um, who has is got his that we went on tour with said this to me and I hadn't heard it um, from anyone but him until this point, it was a war on stage, peace on earth. And that has resonated with me so hard, you know, that's a blacklisted on- seven inch. That's is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, I, think, I, I remember I looking into it at it. I point. think
1: that's no, it's not that. No, I got I'm it wrong. Not but it's something as, close. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm not as educated on hardcore as I should be. Of course, I fucking I love it. Like there's a lot of sick hardcore out there right now. And yes, like I'm in Knoll, which is this strange esoteric art band. Um <laughs> like, but I dude, I fucking I mean, I listen to a shit ton of punk. We tour with punk bands. Um, right, I love it. And uh I, I think that um, you know. Having it be bare bones can be like a very artistic statement in and of itself. Uh, especially, I especially think that it can really serve to some of the political natures of the music. Um, if it's very focused on the social aspect of attending, um, these gatherings such as concerts, but, right. um, <laughs> I, um, yeah, I, I have found, uh, so much personal satisfaction in having it manifest in just the utmost extents possible, you know, really having it be no limits as to as to what you can occupy artistically, not even just to music. Um, which to me, like when when I become like a super fan of a band or something, it's it's easy to do so just off of music. But I think a lot of um music consumers, you know, they really want something else to latch onto, myself included. Like I love to know about you know the people that are in the band of course that's why like interviews and whatnot exist and like people get can get way more into a band when they when they actually feel like they know the person that is is making it and i think that that's really cool um noel however is like i personally i i don't want it to be about the human aspect all too much because when i make the music i don't feel like any of like my personal connections are within it like I've, i A lot of it is very large and grandiose beliefs injected into these things, but I'm not writing about like, um, you know, my, my personal history or anything like that. So therefore, like, I don't want Jamie Eubanks, um, I I don't even put my name on the records or anything like that, you know, because it's not about me. It's not about what I've done. It's about something a lot larger and more important. Um, but yeah, so I... We we don't do like the human thing too much. Of course, I, again, back to war on stage, peace on earth. I never want to be the black metal fucker that sits in the green room, like the whole show and like comes out and spits blood on people or something. That's just not me. You know, I want to go and I want to sell my own merch and I want to talk to the people that are so kind to give a fuck about my art. Um, mm-hmm. like that's one of the most fulfilling things about it as well to me. Um, yeah and, and i think there's just there's a lot of that i like mystique in a band or whatever like it's it's cool if like you only exist on the stage and then you fucking apparate but um yeah for me personally i don't know i i try to balance the the diy ethics and like inhabiting this this uh punk grand core culture um and also yeah creating something that's very far-fetched um and and artistic and whatnot um you can do both, you know, you can't have to
1: be, it doesn't have to be one or the other. You're going to get the opportunity to do, uh, some of, get some of that FaceTime with people, see you sell a merch, uh, as today you mentioned earlier that you announced a
0: tour in, is it the UK or Europe or all of Europe with Bellwitch? Uh, so it's actually, it's only six states in the UK. We got that email, like, maybe a week and a half ago and i'm gonna be honest like i i shit the bed dude it was crazy i was so fucking excited to see bell witch in my inbox um that was really cool uh they i Noel has honestly not had many experiences where a band that i admire has asked specifically for us but they did um and i'm I'm really humbled by that um so thanks oh, to those dudes. so cool yeah, they, are they are super so cool. fucking cool dude i mean i've been listening to them for fucking ever yeah, yeah was, I have. A, awesome.
1: I, I remember going to see them. Sorry, I cut you off. I know I did. I apologize. No, you're good, but I, I remember going to see them in uh, right around the time they released four phantoms in Baltimore is where I lived at the time. And they played the, my favorite venue ever, the sidebar. And there's a there's a little it's like a 90 cap room. Right. But it's like it's the best place. I, I hope it comes back. Um, there's a little staircase Beside the stage, and the stage is like six inches high, right? And it's of course just those two playing, and I just sat there and I fell asleep watching them play, and I loved it. Like that
0: was that was the coolest thing to me. That, you know, I, yeah. I mean, like, I adore something so meditative. It's like, I mean, grindcore and like you know maybe like other extremely slow forms of music to me are like just as intense because it's about the the atmosphere that is accrued from these things, not really so much the um, the method. Of, of gaining it. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, I saw Sun for the first time like a year ago in a cave. And that was, you know, it's one of my, my favorite shows that I've ever seen. Um, and I, I just adore that. You know, one of my, I, I think anybody knows this who listens to like Noel, like one of my favorite bands is, is Portal. Um, mm-hmm. And they're like a lot of their shit is extremely slow. Like um, some of it is very fast and unintelligible. And a lot of it is just a fucking wash unless you listen to it a hundred times and can anticipate the structures. Um, and that's like part of the thrill of it too. Um, but you know, Portal and like Son, they're both like absurdly face melting. Um, but not not so much in the sense of speed. I don't know. I I love that shit, dude. I I love Bell Witch. Um it's really cool to be able to tour with them. I think uh Noel's direction, especially now, um fits with them. Pretty cool. It's also both Bell bands. Um yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Noel Bell and, and Bellwich. It's pretty cool. Um but yeah, so it, uh, I guess more so answer your question. So there's six dates uh, with Bellwitch in the UK. And then uh, I th- I'm i going to go ahead and say this. I, th- I think they're announced for Roadburn. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they're playing it. Um, and then we're playing Roadburn in the Netherlands, which is like my favorite festival in the world and my favorite place in the world. Um, really excited to finally be able to do that. Um, I went a couple hey, that's years a, back. That's a
1: nice tie-in um, from... Our last conversation, you know, I think it was the off the record part where you told me you guys were going to do something with Roadburn. I think it ended up being like a virtual
2: thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That shit was super
1: cool. So now you'll be there.
0: Yeah, we did the uh, the online edition of Roadburn Roadburn Redux in uh, 2021 after just came out. And uh, a lot of the people that attend Roadburn got into us from that, which I didn't anticipate when I went to Roadburn in person the next year, which Noel did not play. I went by myself um, pretty much just to, like, quote, network. Um, and I was hanging yeah. out with some, like, friends being there, but also, like... Uh, Becky is like a good friend of mine and they like just took care of me the whole time. It was really fucking cool. I did a couple of guest things with full of hell, which was of course like the coolest shit to me ever. Um, but yeah, to actually bring Noel there, um, overseas full bands and play our music is such a treat. And then we are touring Europe around that it's unannounced and I can't say with who yet, but there is a, a pretty extensive, uh, mainland schedule that's happening around that and uh, yeah we'll, we'll be overseas for quite a bit which is super fucking cool because we were just there in november um and i don't remember any of it because i didn't sleep but i know it was really cool <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome man i'm so happy for you guys for yourself for the whole band that you're getting to do this stuff the new record uh as spoken does it of- is officially january twenty sixth? is that the release date yes and so that'll be uh streaming and then pre-order ship or what people can buy
0: it now right yeah, actually. So with uh men the vinyl was like incredibly late and I will, I will go out right and say it. Fuck United record pressing, dude. <laughs> they are, uh, they're, they're in Nashville and they did not treat us too well. We I do actually... remember. I, I remember
1: pre-ordering it. Right. And yeah. I remember it was, but it was, but you were in good company at the time because everybody's, that was when I, that's when I started doing, uh, with the videos I call on Instagram call and getting it in the mail where I open up packages <laughs> yes. and I was, I was doing it back then because I didn't know what it was going to be because everything was like that. It was like, Oh, I ordered stuff a year ago. I don't I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> so that's what I used to do. I used to just like, that's how it started is with records like men and peer,
0: like, uh, what is, what's what's going to be in here, you know? So, <laughs> so, Dude, so, uh, thank you so for you're patience. not alone. Yeah. Yeah, man. People were fucking furious with us for how long that record took. We were in the studio recording as spoken and then we got the vinyl after for Meta Empiric. And I remember posting that we were in the studio and just one comment that will always stick with me. Man, this album is going to drop before I even get my Meta vinyl. I'm like, fuck, <laughs> like we suck, man. But, um, you know, URP, they had to repress some of those records because they came out so bad because their quality oh, really? control was just like abysmal. So um, we pressed with Cascade in Portland. Very timely. Um, and yeah, the, the, records are shipping right now. We're like buried in mail order, um, which we're doing some really cool stuff around that, um, in regards to like, you know, how I like Noel to be absurdly involved in everything. We're doing like wax sealed envelopes to people. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, like we're like really nice hand stamped, um, thank you cards and whatnot, which I, I, I dig that sort of stuff. You know, I like to get like little memorabilia from a band that I actually like want to keep yeah. And and so that's just it's another way to to have a little bit more fun with the band and uh, you know, leave a message with people. That's awesome, dude. There's nothing better than even just like you said, just little
1: tiny things in those little packages. You know, it, even when there's a fucking sticker in there, it feels like
0: it's a you know, it's a big win. But to, yeah, to man, those, those little personal touches are beautiful. Exactly. And a record label would never let us do that if they were doing our mail order. You know, so right. that's that's another reason like I, I got to fucking have it, man. I got to do that shit because I want to I want to write the notes.
1: But that was my conversation with Jamie Eubanks of Noel. The song you just heard was Unto Viewing. That's from, of course, their new album, As Spoken, available now everywhere, independently released by this band of marvelous people. We'll say that. I want to thank Jamie for once again enlightening me on all things Noel and his artistic process. I love watching this band go and succeed. It's truly a joy to watch somebody manifest their you know, dreams and aspirations, especially when it's something that I also happen to enjoy. I guess if somebody's doing that with something that I don't care about, then who gives a fuck? But when it's something in my world, I tend to appreciate it more, which makes sense. You know, we're all selfish, at least a little bit, at least a little bit. I know I am. But hey, I'm also thankful, thankful to you for sticking around and listening to this far into the podcast, especially if this is your second time. With me. If you're only here because of Null, that's fine. You could have heard this actually a couple weeks earlier, courtesy of the Getting It Out Patreon, where you can join for just $2 a month. It'll get you early ad free access to all interview episodes and a couple other cool perks. Still always working on more. If you go there right now, there's an exclusive interview with Ghoul and Kaunashi coming soon. I got Reconciler and one from Hatebreed. So those are reasons alone to join the Patreon, just $2 a month, to get your interview fix. I also want to encourage you, if you're a fan of basketball, to check out Punks and Dunks, the little sub-podcast I'm doing here on gettingitout.net. The first episode is out there. It's just me talking for 20 minutes about the NBA the week that was in the NBA from a couple weeks ago. So maybe not relevant anymore. There'll be one this week. It already got ruined. The guest I was supposed to have on canceled on me, kind of fucked up my whole plan. It's a little harder to do punks and dunks because it needs to be timely. It needs to happen uh, as the week unfolds. So I'm in a little bit of a scramble mode. I don't know exactly how I'm going to do it. Maybe it's just going to be all star reserve reactions, but there will be a second episode of punks and dunks this week as we head into the trade deadline season. And of course, I'm going to encourage you to go to gettingitout.net and check out what's happening over there. I got a lot of stuff going on, I guess. It sounds like when I put it all out here like this, we got the podcast, we got the Patreon, we got the punks and dunks, and we got the website. And by we, I mean me. It's just me doing this all. I also got a full-time job at a family too, but hey, I like doing this stuff. So I'm going to keep on doing it. But I do need to get back to it. So I'm going to end this episode, and I'm going to end it with a track from a previous podcast guest himself. This song is from Swedish multi-instrumentalist Per Weberg. You might know him as a member of Opeth, Spiritual Beggars, Candlemass. Played with Clutch. He's played with everybody. People often employ his services as a guest musician, but he does his own stuff, too. I had him on a couple of years ago to discuss one of his EPs, but he's got a new album coming out March 15th on Despots Records called The Serpents Here. This is the first track off that album. It's called Dead Sky Lullaby. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.